Quest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cavi Productions. Hello, and welcome back to The Conquest of Bliss. I am here with the lovely Julia Brockelman, or Brockelman, depending on who you talk to. And <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> Brockelman. How are, you, how are you doing today, Julia? I'm doing all right. I, I've had a week with meds, but that's just being 30, apparently. <laughs> oh my gosh, is it ever? My health has been like, not so fantastic. And I have taken more like boring drugs than I have in a really long time. Like, not even the fun kind, you know? Welcome to your 30s. Now you take boring drugs. (laughs) Yeah. Your 20s, at least you take exciting ones. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Well, I grew up super fundamental Christian, so I didn't even get that. So maybe that's my 40s, right? Maybe I just get (laughs) 40s and I'll be able to take all the really fun, exciting drugs. Honestly, I was fundamental Christian too and still managed to find a way, found a way to get severely addicted. Um, Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) it's just tenacity, that's all. Um, Well, maybe I need a little bit more of that. (laughs) I feel like I really missed out on a good chunk of my life. Honestly, I don't recommend because like enough drugs and you also miss out on it, right? You forget it all. You're you're right. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, zero out of five. I recommend. Don't Uh, do drugs, kids. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) Well, if you're going to do drugs, at least be educated on effective and and healthy uses of them. But anyways, that's a whole other that's a whole other topic. So I invited you here today because we've been Facebook friends for a while. I think this is the first time we've actually like talked face to face, which is kind of cool. I think so. Well, um, I'm well except for in group I, settings. I, I, yeah, like we've had meetings, simultaneous meetings. <laughs> Where we just kind of wave at each other at the bottom of the Zoom call. Yeah, well, everyone else talks. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But this is the first time that my life. we've been able to talk directly, which is really cool. But I, this is going to sound so creepy, so just be prepared. I've been watching you. Um, oh, no. <laughs> no, but I follow you on TikTok <laughs> and, and on Facebook. And, and I really find you super inspiring because you do uh, you so fucking well, like so well. And, and it makes me really happy. Now. It's cool. <laughs> and, and I just oh, wanted to hear a bit about like, were you always that way? No. <laughs> I could just start start off with that with a strong no. Uh no, I uh speaking of the fundamental Christian stuff, I have lived the majority of my life um people pleasing. And I know yeah. like that's kind of a, a universal experience. Um well, maybe not as universal. Clay, my husband, um, has never been that way, which is in- incredibly inspiring. That's what attracted me <laughs> me to him in the first place. But um I generally like to go with the flow of everyone else. Um, mm-hmm. And it's very easy for me to um, just kind of go, yeah, you know, if that's the way you want to do it, I'm sure. And that honestly doesn't even bother me all that much because mm-hmm. I'd rather people be happy and I can just throw what I want out the window. Um, but that got super toxic. Um, <laughs> yeah, to, naturally, yeah. To the, to, to the point where I was never doing anything that I loved. I was never expressing myself in a way that I enjoyed. And I was always working really hard to make other people happy and never expecting that or even asking for it in return. So I was super miserable for the most part. Now, I still enjoyed making people happy and I enjoyed letting other people express themselves and giving them that chance. But 
I never really allowed myself to enjoy me and mm-hmm. enjoy the dumb, obnoxious things that I love. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am, I, I mean, I'm an introvert, so I'm pretty reserved, um, you know, face to face like we are now. Um, this is a one on one conversation, so I'm a little more um, derpy. But <laughs> um, uh, usually when I'm around people, I'm extremely reserved and very polite, very just, you know, what, what, how can I do? something for you like (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. just my default um and over the last I want to say two years I've been slowly kind of allowing myself to enjoy things that I like and asking for repercussion repercussions (laughs) (laughs) give me the consequences of my work uh you know having asking for compensation kind of (laughs) You know, uh, asking for like, hey, this friendship or this relationship. Oh, reciprocation. There it is. That's the word. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I, again, spent most of my life not asking for that and not expecting it because in my head, in the weird kind of Christian cult, I want to say, that I was in, you never ask for it back, right? Mm -hmm. That's selfish. That's prideful. That's... Um, you're then you're not really doing it out of love. You're doing it out of, you know, you want, you're doing it for a favor. Transactional love. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not true because uh, a healthy relationship is about giving and taking equally mm-hmm. for the most part. Now there's going to be times where some people give and take more or less, but it should be kind of balanced. And um, it never was. All, a lot of my friendships was me pouring in and, and me, you know, sacrificing and, you know, spending all of me, and that, you know, never asking for it return, which was my fault. It wasn't their fault that I never asked. But when I did, a lot of the relationship I had was, it was like, oh, well, I wish I could, but I kind of can't. So yeah. sorry, you know. Um, so, There's kind of already a precedent for for that lack of boundaries. So when you tried to step yeah. in and say, you know, I need something, I need something as well. I need to be refilled. People yeah. were just not prepared for that and, and responded no. accordingly. <laughs> And so that made me feel really bad for even asking mm-hmm. and then just that reinforces friendship. It. And then I would be like, oh, it's all me. I'm the problem. Uh, or I would do uh, what I am now working on because <laughs> I've, I've noticed another toxic trait of myself is when I feel, when I even feel like the slightest hint that I have upset someone or someone is doing something out of obligation for me or if... I have hurt someone in any way, I immediately just pull back and remove myself from their lives. Not because I hate them because I'm like, they don't want to be around me. Mm -hmm. I'll just, I will save them the stress of having to tell me that they don't love me. So I will just remove myself and everyone's happy. Fuck, that's so relatable. Sorry, I keep cussing. Um, You know, you're good. That's so relatable to me. Like I really, really struggle with the whole, like I'm feeling like a burden and desire to isolate. Um, so, so I relate to that super, super hard (laughs) and, and I mean, I think that like, you know, for me personally, and you can tell me if you're in the same kind of boat, but as I've gone through a journey, that's actually pretty similar to your own with, with being myself is, you know, that, and that people pleasing and all of that stuff is that like, there is space for that. And like the, the room for kind of both, and it becomes really hard because like I found that when I first started to do it, then anytime I did something for someone else, I would like almost get like upset with myself and be like, oh, you're doing it again, you fucking carpet. You're just getting walked all over. And sometimes it's 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 
for our own mental health to to you know be kind to others and please others. Um, Absolutely. So I have I have another question about your journey. Is go for Would it. you say that like was there one pinnacle moment? where you realized that you wanted to do something differently or was it a smaller series of things that sort of led you there? Cause I'm always interested in, in what these, these moments are that are changing for people, changing people's lives. Um, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to try and word this. It's going to be weird. So just, all right. I'm super prepared in, for that. I'm into it. <laughs> they were really big, small steps. <laughs> <laughs> Could you elaborate? So it makes let more me, sense. Let me explain. So um, I think I'm, I'm, this is going to be heresy. So apologies to all the Christians out there. Um, so but I think, I think when I started the, the first kind of big small step was um, me kind of seeing I had when, when we were in church, um, because we are not right now. Um, I volunteered at every single possibility that they would give me. And this included when I was, you know, I, I had two week old kids, Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so as soon as I was like able to get out of bed, I was back in church volunteering because I thought that was, you know, the right thing to do and the loving thing to do. And it was every Sunday I would be in kids church teaching a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, every Tuesday I would be cleaning the church. Like every single church we've ever been to, I made sure I was volunteering a lot, never okay. being paid for it. Never, there's never any compensation can, for it. It was volunteer can I, work. Can I ask you a really quick question? Just side note. Yes, go for it. Your love language is acts of service. Yeah. Your love language. <laughs> okay. yeah. All right, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, acts of service and words of affirmation, man. <laughs> it just, so you know, it really resonates. I would leave, I would leave notes for the pastor, telling telling him he's doing a good job, and we really appreciate him. And I would never sign my name; would just kind of leave them. Oh, I, I had access so to his sweet. office, but then you know, when they kicked us out <laughs> a year later, <laughs> I was like, "Well, all of that was for nothing." I feel like a huge idiot. But uh, when I first, um, I think December of 2018, I think, uh, I was in a very, very low spot um, mentally, uh, severely depressed, borderline suicidal, still volunteering, but hating every single second of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But doing it because I had to was the right thing to do. Um, uh, January, I had asked our kids leader, I need to take a month off. I need a break from church. Like just in general, I didn't go for an entire month mm-hmm. to see if that was because that was a lot of where the stress was. It was mm-hmm. you know, I felt so alone and so empty, um, even though I was doing all the things I was supposed to be doing, and I, I was, I was miserable. And so I was like, I just need to take a break off from everything. And so I just cut myself off from all the things I would normally do on a Sunday, which is pray and have devotions. And I tried one week to have my own little church service. And even (laughs) that was exhausting. So I just cut it off and I was, oh man, it was, it was weird at first. It was very, cause I, 28 years, I never really missed church. I had been in church my entire life and every single Sunday was at church and that's all Mm -hmm. I knew. And so stepping out of this normal routine, um, kind of, kind of opened my eyes to like maybe something's wrong here (laughs) maybe maybe um a lot of the misery is um 
me putting pressure on myself that doesn't need to be there. So that was kind of the big first step. After that, I got kicked out of kids' church because how dare I take a break? Um, yeah. That, that's a whole other story. But then I stopped going to church and I start stopped having this pressure to perform because that's where most of my pressure to perform as a good mom, as a good wife, as a good human Mm -hmm. um, was. And I started kind of getting to know people outside of the Christian Christian circles. Yep. And there's a lot of love there. (laughs) Love that I didn't expect and a lot of healthy boundaries Mm -hmm. um, that were taught to me. And so I just kept kind of you know, taking little steps outside of everything that I had ever known. And the more kind of steps I took outside of that, the more I found kind of who I was. Um, and, you know, I started being able to like, okay, me saying, you know, fuck online, you know, in my Facebook is no longer going to get me, get me kicked out of church. Mm-hmm. So why, you know, and then I started, you know, investigating what why I believed everything I believed and why I had this whole person that wasn't me it was all because I didn't want to get kicked out of church like that was the kind of so interesting all this digging kind of made me realize that all of it all of who I was revolved around having a good appearance in the Christian circles I was in once that was removed I was like who am I like everything I've ever done is to be the model Christian wife, the model Christian mother, you know, what they expect you to be in those circles. And once I was out of that and that pressure of performing and being that good, whatever, I was able to question a lot of what I believed and go, this is all baloney <laughs> or, you know, not all of it, but you know, me, I, I don't. Yeah. The person that you became as a result of all these pressures and stuff like that, um, is is not someone that you felt resonated with who you actually were, right? Yeah, and I was ex- I didn't realize how exhausted I was pulling that performance up. And I know that's like a really cliche story, and this can be outside of Christianity. You can have this in any kind of circle. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's funny that you say that, Julia, um, because as you're talking, I'm sitting there going, "How many times have I heard this exact story about replace church with literally any group?" You know, humans are just so prone to um, like kind of the crabs in the bucket thing, right? Where we've all decided that this is what the norm is. And if anybody tries to escape that in order to find happiness, then we need to pull them back in. And and these manipulation tactics, it's almost like they come out organically, you know, like they're not, I don't think that they're planned, you know? And so, so one of them, I've had some experiences where like, yeah, that's a pattern and we're not going to do that. But yeah, some, I, a lot of it is just kind of this us versus them mindset, which is Mm -hmm. really archaic and we need to get rid of. (laughs) Well, and hopefully, hopefully we do. And I think that conversations like this is, is, is really like for me, at least where this kind of stuff starts, you know, like Mm -hmm. I know um, we have a, a, some background in common with our journeys as far as, um, moving away from, in particular, Christian toxicity. And yeah. I know that my exposure to that was really, really what kickstarted my journey, regardless of whether or not that culture, you know, may have taken on some toxic elements on its own. You know, these conversations, I think, are the only way, only way to get anywhere. So my, my absolutely. So oh, um, no, you're good. You're good. Following, following your um, graceful departure from the church, <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, 
What started like, you know, like, cause I know for me, I mean, I, I departed the church a very, very long time ago for similar reasons, but not necessarily directly to me. Cause I was still young. I was 14, but I was in ministry, you know, traveling the, the, the province and which is like a state, um, mm-hmm. traveling the province and all of that stuff. Yeah, I know that American, a lot of Americans know about outsiders, well, a lot of Americans <laughs> do, but some don't, I was thinking, oh, okay, really quick side note. Sorry. Any anybody. You're good, you're um, good. The other Go day, um, Matt and I decided. Well, okay. I was like, "Hey, do you want to like try and name all the states with me?" And he was like, "Okay," because he's really cool and goes along with my dumb ideas. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then I made a joke after. I was like, "I wonder if how many Americans can name." We got to all but seven. I was like, "I wonder how many Americans can name all but Ooh, seven Canadian provinces." Um, I can't even name all of seven states, man. <laughs> well, what's funny is that there's only ten Canadian provinces. So that you would have to name three. <laughs> uh, Nova Scotia. Uh, Albany. Alberta. 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 Uh, um, uh, the West Side. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I was just, I was just I curious. I, um, I, geography is my worst subject. I don't know where anything is. And that is a life statement. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not great at geography either, but I think it just has a lot to do with um, both kind of the the education system in America is very America-centric and the fact yes. that a lot of media um, outside of America still comes from America, right? So like I read mm-hmm. Ar- Archie Comics as a kid and I know lots about American history just from reading Archie Comics, you know, because I'd be like, oh, what's this? And then I'd go and I'd do research about it after I found out about, you know, whatever thing like the boston tea party i was introduced to the boston tea party through archie comics um but anyways i I got way off track (laughs) i'm trying Um, to remember what we were on oh i was well i was just saying that the um the thing the like once once you left the church i know for me personally it was kind of a now what stage you know because you know whether it's the church or something else when you have something that is giving you an identity instead of allowing you to find your own, once you leave that, you're kind of left feeling naked and vulnerable and like, where do I go now? So what was it that took you from that sort of vulnerable nakedness into finding Julia? Oh my God, I I think I'm going to call this one Finding Julia. Oh no, (laughs) that's a perfect name, but ah! (laughs) <laughs> He's got my name. You're good. You're good. Uh, there were several things. So um, we got into uh, kind of like this, I don't even know what to call it. Um, this kind of, I mean, it's bad, Christian. I don't know if you that's allowed to say on here. Copyright infringement. Uh, I don't um, think that they'd get mad. I mean, <laughs> uh, but we got, we got into this group who kind of questioned everything. And there was just a bunch of people like us who had been hurt by the church. And we were all trying to, you know, figure out who we were. And we were all a bunch of, at least at the time, we were like mid-20s. Um, we had just that kind of kickstarted it and we retained a lot of friends from there and um, we just started asking questions and for me it was super scary because um, I was a very confident person in the church a very very confident um, mm-hmm. I read all the, you know I've read the bible a million times and that's probably not an exaggeration <laughs> uh, front to back um, if I was probably one I'm one of the more well-versed um 
people in our groups about the Bible. I could quote scripture to you back and right, you know, right and left. <laughs> um, just just because I, I that, that learning, I I love learning and I loved people pleasing. And so, what do you do as a young woman in these circles that you know encourage, you know, or um, praise education in the Bible? Mm-hmm. You you learn all you can about it and that's what I do. <laughs> um so uh you know tr- asking questions of things that I thought I had knew for a fact my entire life was yeah extremely unsettling and for a while I I felt like I lost myself. Um, mm-hmm. um I felt like this awful person who had abandoned, you know, became a statistic, you know, in church when you grow up they tell you, you know, most backslidden Christians. Yeah. Most <laughs> kids, when they, you know, when you stop going to church, like I had done, um, you start leaving the faith and you start doing all, you know, you start doing drugs and you start sinning and you start hanging out with people <laughs> who are terrible. So I, just, uh, I don't know why I think that's so funny. Like you leave the church, next thing you know, you're smoking crack. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they present it though. That's how they present it. Oh, so yeah this whole time so I'm you know trying over here trying to knowing that something's wrong right knowing that I am not being my authentic self mm-hmm. knowing that I'm not being I, I don't enjoy existing mm-hmm. um, so I know that for a fact but I also have all these voices from my past in my head going we told you this was going to happen yeah if you start doing this now, you are going to, you're going to, you're going to lose your kids because you're doing drugs. <laughs> like you're yeah. going to, you're going to, your marriage the, is going to be catastrophizing that happens in your brain as a result of the, for lack of a better term, brainwashing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have these two voices in my head, uh, you know, and so you, me and Clay kind of talked and we're like, all right, so we don't end up just like falling into a corner and a, you know, and crying and having a mental breakdown. How about we take these issues one at a time, mm-hmm. right? How about oh. we take these huge issues that are pillars in our beliefs uh, and we start tackling them and really actually looking at them, not just looking from Christian authors like John Piper and uh, <laughs> God, I can't go to that part of my life. All right. We but, don't need you know, to. We, we don't need to. Don't worry. One of the first, one of the first things we took on was complementarianism because I was a severe believer in it. Is mm-hmm. brainwashing, but yeah, I was—I hated it so much. But it was the right thing to do, so I did it. But I touted for years, like, yeah, I'm a woman. I seek authority, and that's evil. And me and my husband aren't equals. He's above me, and he was miserable doing it, and I was miserable doing it. And then we looked and go, "We're equal. Let's try that for a little bit. You know, let's try being a team." And would you know, our marriage got better. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we uh, had just fought. We had like the first uh, eight years of our life was we just fought. That's mm-hmm. all we did. Like we had some good moments, but because we had that weird power uh, unbalance between us, you know, I hated it because I knew I was right. And but you know, the <laughs> Bible told the Bible told me that no matter if I think I'm right, he's right. Even mm-hmm. if I can look at it and go, no, that's a terrible decision. Don't do that. <sighs> uh, you know, and, and so, but I was like, no, nope, it is not my place to speak. It is not my place to um, usurp the power of my husband. And yeah. so, you know, I had all this bitterness and like, you know, gross, icky feelings in me. 
you know, and so I'm, I'm going to trying to not go on a long rant, but you know, we took that on and then our lives got better. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. And so, you know, the next thing we took on was our views on uh, uh, equality, LGBTQ. And we found out we were super wrong about that because we were extreme homophobes. <laughs> we were, you know, extremely fundamental in who's allowed to love who and what's sinful and what's mm-hmm. not. That, honestly, that one took me a really long time to come around to because I was oh. so firm in it. And I realized I had been lied to my entire life. Well, and what's so interesting about that one in particular is that from from what I've read of the Bible and the research that I've done is that it's it's so uh, it, you know we're getting oh, I try I try really hard not to talk <laughs> too much about religion because I I don't have a problem with anyone being of any religion, but one yes. of the things that I always found really difficult for myself um, was when I read the Bible the message that I got especially from Jesus especially from the the New Testament was to not make it my business if other people were sinning and to, you know, like, like, I mean, in particular, there's, I'm not sure you, you probably know because you're a bit of a scholar, but um, (laughs) just a little bit. (laughs) There's there's that one verse that, that refers to um, if, if you're sinning, if you believe you're sinning, then you are. And um, I can't remember exactly how Mm, it's phrased. Yeah. yeah. So it's basically, oh, well, I had it in my head and my ADD said, uh, you don't need that. <laughs> but yeah, it's basically, um, you know, if your heart condemns you, you know, if yeah. you believe it's a sin, then it's a sin. Don't do it. So I think that message was more about, you know, if you feel really guilty about it, you can kind of ask yourself why. But then, and, you know, people with anxiety and depression think everything is wrong. And so we're always. Sick. I was just about to say, and then it gets more complicated because you look at when you have the effects of whether it's like abuse and gaslighting or like yes. brainwashing or whatever it is, you you no longer have that intuitive um, mm-hmm. convictions that you you would normally have, right? Your your convictions, quote unquote, are now bastardized by other people's yeah. beliefs, right? And so it gets really really complicated. Um, but okay, so so well, yeah, you guys at the hold on hold on at the same time they tell you that the heart is dis, uh, is wicked, and you shouldn't trust it. That's so true. A lot of double speak going on. There um, is a lot you, of that. You know, don't listen to your inner thoughts because your heart is constantly telling you to sin. So they tell you never to trust that inner you know never to trust it unless it's telling you you're bad. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. What a mind fuck, eh? Um, it's, it's so there's so much gaslighting that you don't see until you're removed from it. You, I, I didn't see so much of it. I literally thought a lot of it was just self love mm-hmm. until I took. You know, I had to be removed for at least a year before I saw it. Um, and so it was so in me, you guys wisely took the how do you eat an elephant approach, which I love. Um, one bite at a time, if you're wondering. Um, (laughs) so I would have just, if I, if I had tried to take it all on, I would have just, yeah, melted down in a corner going, my entire life is a lie and everything is meaningless. Well, and that's an area that like, I constantly have to come back to that personally is like, you know what, how do you eat an elephant, Kara? And I, that's what my mom used to say, which is why I use that phrase. But, uh, like I knew it, but it hadn't like, I haven't heard it in a while, and I'm going to start using that with my kids because that is a great phrase. <laughs> it really is. It always, it always like, like in my little kid brain, made sense to me. 
is like, oh, and and like at 31 years old, I'm still having to constantly remind myself of that. Um, So once you guys, because I know, um, you know, we talked before a little bit and I know that you're, you're, you're kind of moving a little bit away from the, the deconstruction and moving more into where are you now? So what did that part of the process look like for you is, Um, you know, stepping away from, okay, this is who I used to be because of all this stuff. And we've kind of finally broken most of that down. And now, like, I mean, I see, I don't know if activism is the right word. You're kind of a subtle activist. (laughs) Um, I'm just, I'm just loudly obnoxious about making sure people have boundaries made. And, and, and your, your silly AF, which I just adore, <laughs> um, and very free-spirited and stuff. So, you know, once you were like, okay, I've stripped all of that, and I've, I've really kind of started to come to a place where I'm really internalizing the fact that I was lied to, what's next? And, and like, are there any specific psychological tools? Because I know that you're, you're mm. into reading and talking about that. I know you liked The Body Keeps the Score. See, I have been, I have been watching you. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I, I, I take, you know what? That means a lot to me because there's some days I wonder, <laughs> like, does anybody even see who I'm doing, what I'm doing? Yeah. And know, from, once from the you're outside. outside the church, that's, that's where you get most, that's where I've gotten most of my feedback was, you know, if you do something in church, someone shouts you out. And now that I'm not, I'm learning how to, you know, be a human. All right. Well, for the record, Julie is doing fantastic. And I've been subtly observing her growth from the side. So shout out to Julia. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, Thank you. So as you you stepped away, like what were some key things that really made a difference for you? Maybe that maybe other people would would (laughs) like, you know, need that epiphany that you had. So uh, one of the big small steps that we took, um, and this was kind of during where a lot of, we had a lot of church trauma. So mm-hmm. we had to work through a ton of that mm-hmm. to even get where we are today. Yeah. Because, um, you know, that was our life. That's where our circles were. So that's where the trauma is going to be. Um, what's that What's that phrase where, um, well, it's gone. If you know it, whoever's listening, you know it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the bad stuff is going to happen in the circles that you're at. So that's mm-hmm. where the main source of trauma is going to be um, relational. Uh, that, that makes sense. I, I, I know the concept you're talking about is like no matter where you're at, that's where your trauma will come from. Yeah. You know, even if you're so, in a really good place. When we first started, you know, one of the very early steps uh, when we first started, you know, poking outside of our circles uh, was we started playing Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. uh, with a group of unbelievers. Oh. Uh, and, and originally our intent was we're going to change them. Yeah, yeah convert them, obviously. To, we, we, that, was our, that was our entire mission. Uh, it, if you ever want to, I don't, I don't know if we've recorded the session. We probably have. Oh, it's actually one of the first. We're, we're doing a um, Dungeons and Dragons podcast right now. And that whole story of why we started is on our and it's a, is on our first episode. But it was, we're going to change these people. But in order to change them, we have to understand them. <laughs> so we're like, can we please join? But part of us, and it wasn't all, you know, sinister. But part of us was like, this sounds really interesting. And Clay and I are both gamers and we always have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love tabletop games. We love Xbox. We love computer gaming. Um, if there is a type of game, we are there for it. Yeah. Um, and so we had heard that there's this great game called Dungeons and Dragons. And this was past when it was, you know, you're summoning demons. But part yeah. of me was like, hmm. You know, and in the game, you, when you're making a character, if you're making a uh, magic-based character, usually you have a deity. Yeah. And when, you know, they're like, what's your deity? And I'm like, 
Oh no. <laughs> the God of Abraham. <laughs> Our Lord um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus, this is black. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm like this is a game. This is a game. God isn't offended that I'm playing the game. Uh, you know, I had a, I had a whole crisis about it. That's that's at fair. The time. But um, you know, we started this group, and you know, there's a you know, we had an atheist, we had an agnostic, we had a pan a pan pantheist. Pan, this, Are you talking about a know? polytheist? There it is. Okay, <laughs> pantheist. <laughs> I believe in all gods. <laughs> well, yeah, it was just kind of like, yeah, they're all cool, like whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and so we were so uncomfortable because <laughs> we were like, you know, the first night we we had them over because we hosted them at our house and, you know, we served them dinner, you know, the good Christian thing to do, um, you know, and we're like, do we keep all of our Christian, you know, what's the word? Paraphernalia? All of paraphernalia our, is a great our, word for that all of our christian imagery like do we do we hide do it we put do we hide it like is that gonna blaspheme god <laughs> like <laughs> but you know we're like you know what this is us right now this is who we are if we hide it we're starting everything off on the wrong foot and it's going to be really funky if they find out later when our kid prays in front of them um and so we just kept it up and and then we developed here. Here's the kicker: we developed these close relationships with these people, and then we figured out they're not evil. Yeah. Now what? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, we, before this point in our lives, we had never really had friends outside of church. And Honestly, you know, you always hear this. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say that's kind of a beautiful, a beautiful story. Is like <laughs> you were like, we're gonna convert them, and then they kind of converted you. They converted <laughs> us. <laughs> Like it, it, maybe not from Christianity, but at least to a more accepting and loving lifestyle. Absolutely. So they they taught us all sorts of stuff. And, you know, not that they didn't have their toxic behaviors, because we all do. But they kind of burst down that wall that we had thinking that these unbelievers are completely morally bankrupt. Mm -hmm. Right? <laughs> um, and that, you know, that was the first step. And it's still going. Like, we still, every Monday, have a game night. Uh, when you know the when the when the pandemic hit, we you know went, had to go to virtual, and that was just terrible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> nobody in our group likes virtual because our thing is they come Monday nights, we have this big meal, we laugh and we talk about something, and then we play D and D. And if the nights we're not feeling D and D, we play um, you know Cards Against Humanity or uh, Catan or um, all these horrible evil games. Munchkin, maybe. <laughs> Munchkin, yes, so Munchkin. Uh, what are the other like the betrayal of the house at the house of? Whoa, <laughs> those were words. Betrayal at the haunted. Ma I'm gonna. I can, I can say it. There's a there's a game that's betrayal and there's a house and there's a haunt. <laughs> Fair. If you've played it. You know what I'm talking about. I don't, but that's okay. <laughs> betrayal in the house on the hill. I'm. I always miss it. Anyways, so we did that. And and that's like eight years going now. And wow. we built this kind of little community around it. And, you know, there's people that have come and, and hung out for six to seven months and then left. And before the uh, the pandemic hit, we were kind of known for having this little get together. Everyone calls it the guild hall now. Oh. Um, because who, no matter what, you know, people are like, can I bring so-and-so? We're like, yeah, you tell them this is what we're, we're making for dinner. If they want to bring something, they can, they're not required to. Like, if you're coming for two years, yeah, start bringing something for dinner. Like, bring a side or something. <laughs> so I don't have to cook for 20 people. Because <laughs> at one point, for this. We, had, we had like 25 people at some, at one point, uh, coming every, every Monday night. And we had this tiny little apartment. It was 
oh my goodness, it was too much. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, um, in a very long way of of answering your question, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, we had found a community inside the Dungeons and Dragons community. (laughs) We, and it was so fun and we it's it, honestly extremely therapeutic because you get to kind of get to act out these parts of yourself that'd be really weird to act out in public and it's not even has to be like sexual or anything it's just like <laughs> what if I were this really <laughs> well okay it doesn't even have says, to be <laughs> sexual <laughs> when people say role-playing and acting as parts of yourself is not proper in public the first thing don't lie to me the first thing you go to is mm, oh that's so i hadn't thought of that but when you said that it brought me so much joy like <laughs> like we play these characters and it doesn't even have to be sexual <laughs> it's only sexual like 90 percent of the time <laughs> the other 10 percent. that's i mean it's all therapy let's be honest but <laughs> um so yeah we had um we found a really cool community because you it's all about role playing and strategizing and you sit around a table for four hours talking to each other and there's not a lot of other kind of instances where that's a thing um Mm -hmm. socially we don't have that kind of um structure set up to to sit around a table for four hours and you not really know it's been four hours um so Recently, we've, um, I, don't, I, I know you've probably interacted, but uh, Tabby Wells and Scott Wells. Um, okay, I've heard of, I've we, heard of her, or I've seen her, but I've never interacted with her she's directly. From, she's from the, yeah, the same community. community. What, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre how life works. Um, but they're, they're up in Canada too. And we started, because um, they're like, hey, y'all are into Dungeons and Dragons. And we're like, yeah, absolutely. We've been doing it for years. Like, we want to start a campaign. Would you be interested in it? Um, and so we started playing with them last year. And the way they play is absolutely phenomenal. Um, just the storytelling and the role playing and the stories that you get to tell with them. Um, are just They're so great. And, you know, it, it, it allowed me kind of this chance to like, you know, it, and now I, I'm still kind of forming who I am, but allowed me to kind of like see, okay, is that me? And let me just put this into this character and see how that plays out. And, you know, how do I feel? <laughs> so most of the characters I usually play were these lawful good paladins of the church. Surprise. <laughs> um, you know, that would uh, just outrageously enforce moral dilemmas. <laughs> so like someone like, we need to steal that pouch. And I'd be like, absolutely not. And like pull out my sword and chop their hand off. <laughs> like, <laughs> at first it was comical and I'm like but that's who I see myself as because that that was you know that's my comfort identity uh is this super moral righteous woman yeah and you know and so I started like playing around with um I don't know just figuring out who I was and there'd be a lot of conversations at the table either with the people we were playing on screen or at our house around the table that we would just sit and talk arguments and it wasn't for the most part there's sometimes it would get a little dicey, more more like debates than arguments yeah and we we're like well what do you think about this and um you know they they talk to us and we talk to them but you know honestly that's we're finding so much joy in it right now um is is creating these fake worlds that we run around in and cause all sorts of shenanigans and try and strategize out of honestly uh, and a lot oh, of our week is based around that mm-hmm. go ahead 
Oh, I was going to say, like, um, I'm finding it fascinating as you're talking about this. That, like, so as I talk about, because you know, I talk about happiness like constantly, right? Yeah. Um, and as I as I talk to people, I see these themes come up, and some are pretty predictable. Things like mindfulness and meditation. Now, mm-hmm. this theme is is I find it surprising to me because this is the third time it's come up in a completely different way. Um, I've mm-hmm. had an actor come on and talk about you know, finding yourself through playing different characters. I've had a writer come on, talk about yeah. finding yourself through writing the villain. And now you're talking about finding mm-hmm. yourself through through creating characters that aren't your own. And I think that it's so interesting to me that so many people are able to really connect with themselves and touch parts of themselves that they can't otherwise by finding a safe space to explore yeah. who they might be if things were different. Yeah, absolutely. And and D&D honestly allows a lot of that cuz you, you're you're in charge of your background, you're in charge of where you came from and like what motivates you. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that is written into how you create a character. And if you have a good DM and we do. <laughs> um, <laughs> job Scott, good job and Clay's Clay's a DM too. Um there it, it's you're essentially writing a story. Mm-hmm. And they take your information and they kind of weave it into the story that they're telling. And so you get to, you know, they get to kind of um, it's know, like how a, things happen to you it make you react to them and how would your character react when they grew up an orphan or you know they grew up a rich frat boy like how you, you have to kind of sit here and how would that person react it teaches a lot of empathy collaborative storytelling yes and uh, that's what I love about it so a lot of uh, there's there's some um, campaigns uh, some players who just enjoy beating the shit out of things and honestly <laughs> that's okay they like they will stat their character to hit the hardest run the fastest be the smart you know of uh, you know typical we call them mid-maxers because they max out every that they they're allowed to and mm-hmm. you know, when they go up against a monster they just boom, beat it down I'm more into the role playing of acting out how characters would respond to um, ethical dilemmas and yeah, you know, or, you know, your, your, your teammate over here is dying, but there's still this terrible, I'll, I'll say dragon. Cause it's the most cliche, but you know, <laughs> there's this dragon breathing down your neck. What do you do? Or there's a treasure chest over here and, you know, but medicine or something on the other side yeah so you have to make these decisions and it affects an entire group of people so it's not just this one person telling a story you're you're walking along these paths with other people so it not only teaches you you know how to react to certain things but it teaches you empathy because you have to empathize with this character you know if you're playing it right yeah not that there's a right or wrong way but if you're playing it the most the efficient it. way for me um <laughs> you're you're learning empathy you're learning why people make certain choices mm-hmm. or or what you know what would I do if I was in you know it, it actively forces you to ask yourself what would I do if I were in their shoes and I think that's extremely healthy that is constantly asking that Oh man, Julia is okay. So I appreciate so much, like how much you uh, you've shared today. Um, it's really beautiful. Oh, and before I get you to tell everybody all about dragons and flagons and where else they might find you, if there is more places, I don't actually know. Um, then I don't 
<laughs> well, I am going to get you to plug your TikTok because it's fantastic. But um, <laughs> I, I am wild on there and wildly unpredictable. It's Yeah, it's so fun. Um, so before that, though, I wanted to know, will you be willing to play a game with me where you are Absolutely. guessing Irish slang? I, oh, no. <laughs> Let's go for it. it All right. We'll do day. like probably five to 10 to, I don't know. I haven't, I don't know why I'm trying to put numbers on things. Throw them, throw them at me. I'm ready. All right. All right. So <laughs> what is acting the maggot? Acting the maggot? Yeah. Um, Acting the maggot. So that's when you're really efficient at taking other people's problems and reverting them into <laughs> the larva of the problem. Um, <laughs> And reproducing good good material. <laughs> so, um, not even close. Uh, <laughs> it means to fool around or mess around. So, if I were like, stop acting the maggot, that would mean stop like messing around. Them's fighting words, Texas man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one should be love easier. What is black stuff? Okay. Um, good soil. <laughs> it's oh, coffee, Guinness. Coffee, I take it back. It's Guinness. It's oh, damn it. Come on, it's Ireland. <laughs> I need to have stereotype. I need to keep the context. All right, what is a bad dose? Um, Ireland, bad dose. So you're having a bad bit of, you're having a bad bit of luck. <laughs> not not super far off it means a severe illness so like if I called out from work okay. someone might say you've got a bad you got a bad dose of it didn't you just to be super clear by the way this is from andbeforeyoudie.com or maybe it's irelandbeforeyoudie.com um, it is not mine what? so Irish people blame them thing. it has to be a Gen Z website before you die so I think it's Gen yeah Z I think it's energy. Ireland before you die I love Gen Z. I'm I'm super They're into so Gen great. Z culture. Um, I love them so much. They're so chaotic, and I'm here for it. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. That's like a whole ass episode. We're gonna so. get off on another rabbit trail. <laughs> what is uh? What does bunk off mean? Oh, I've heard that. Uh, I'm trying to like go to liturgy and like, what do words mean? What are the roots of words? And bunk off. Go to sleep? No, I mean skip, <laughs> like skip bed. school. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I, I think that was used in the IT crowd at one point. Let's bunk off and go have a like the IT crowd, like the show. Yeah. Oh, see, I always thought it was the it crowd. I never watched it though. I just saw, saw the name. Oh and I thought no! It was well, it. I, I, IT they they do. Um, oh no! I'm a terrible person for not knowing this. Uh, IT. What does IT stand for? It's, it's uh, information stuff. technology. Yeah, that, that's that's their job, and it makes fun of. I mean, it, it it's satirical about uh, people who work computer jobs. It is a fantastic show, only if you like British dry humor, though, and that is my jam completely. <laughs> so I am laughing hysterically at every single episode because it's so dry, and I love it so much. Well, I like dry oh, humor sometimes. I like dry humor when I'm actually talking to Brits more than I like produced British. Um, Monty Python. It's oh, I do like Monty fun. Python. I do like Monty Python. My boyfriend's super into it. He. Uh, I love it. What love does he it. say? He says, uh, "Oh, I don't remember." 
it's like uh, say no more, say no more, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Wink's as good as a nudge to a blind bat's eye. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Couldn't remember it and then it all spilled out. Where did you go? Okay, so I'm going to do two more. That's how you do. That's how you do. Okay. (laughs) Um, What is, okay, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but it's cute whore. (laughs) Well, I could tell you what it's not. (laughs) (laughs) It's me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's me because I left the church. (laughs) (laughs) I'm cute. Uh, uh, it's, uh, uh, It's a dessert of some kind. That would... That'd be cool. I would eat a dessert called a cute whore. Uh, or whore. It's H-O-O-R. Um, it's person who quietly engineers things to their own advantage. Oh, I wouldn't have guessed that. Like I'm that. so glad I'm not on the guessing end of this because I'd be so bad at it. <laughs> You're like, um, a night walker. Okay. See this. I don't know why they would put this on there. I'm not. This isn't one because it's too easy. There's fella. Like, you think Ireland is the only place that uses fella? What, what is that? I've never heard that word before. <laughs> it is completely um, foreign to me, this or speak. Yeah, or like gander. Like, like I'm going to take oh, a gander at a website a that knows what's specific to Ireland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, one more. <clears throat> uh, holy show. Holy show, you're right. I'm trying to like, <laughs> say this. That's a that's a holy show. That's uh um I'm gonna I'm mm, my first guess isn't all that holy. Uh, <laughs> uh holy show. You know what? It's it's uh stunning morning brunch. <laughs> <laughs> It's a disgraceful yeah. scene. So she made a holy show of herself oh, the other night. Uh, oh, it's so cute, though. That's such a cute way to say it. Yeah. Damn it, Ireland. <laughs> yeah, so we'd cute. say, like, total ass, probably. Like, she made a total yeah. ass of herself. Um, she made a holy show of herself. Yeah, That's I... so cute. I love it. <laughs> I would go make a holy show of myself just so some Irishman would say that about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and with their accents, I mean, you can't resist, right? So everything they say, you're so confused, but you're loving every second of it. <laughs> well, we've got up up here in Canada, we've got uh, on the on the other side of the country, basically polar opposite me, we've got Newfoundland. And Newfoundlanders originated from Ireland and then like kind of took their own sort of thing going on. And so they were isolated for, you know, as long as like a lot of us were, right? Like before the internet and airplanes and stuff. Um, And so Newfies have the most incredible accents. They're like these weird Irish-Canadian accents. And I love them. Well, I'm going to go Google that when this is over. Yeah. I I absolutely love accents. I love me too. Oh. I, I worry about getting myself in trouble sometimes because I just will naturally slip into an accent. Um. Oh, Clay does that. <laughs> it drives me crazy. Well, like, it's really cute, honestly. But sometimes like, we'll just walk up to someone and if they have like a super Texas accent, like in a second, he's like this drawl cowboy all of a sudden. <laughs> how you do how, how you do sir and like i can't even do it cause, how you do ma'am <laughs> but like <laughs> how, how you doing like he can just instantly switch come on back now you hear <laughs> yeah, you, 
I, I yeah, I, I reckon I, like just and he doesn't know he's doing it. I'm just sitting there like, what are you doing? And who are you? And who did I marry? <laughs> it was very confusing when we first got together. I'm like, wait, which one was real? <laughs> like, <laughs> who are you? Um, what are you? So before uh, before we uh, close out, can you tell people a little more? about where they can find dragons and flagons. I feel like you've done a pretty good job of letting them know what it's uh, about. Hey, hey what, uh, dragons and flagons is, uh, it is us and our friends from Canada. Uh, <laughs> we talk all things D and D. Um, we have, we mostly, the first few episodes we've had was talking about, you know, what, what brought us to D and D in the first place, what brought us to gaming, kind of our backstories. And recently we were just talking about how to be a good player and what are the, what are the mechanics of being a good uh, dungeon? We call them DMs, GMs. Uh, they're, they're the people who run the game. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they, they enforce the Well, rules, I know DM they, is dungeon master. What's a GM? Game master. Oh, is it the same role? It's just a different name? Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, okay. a, it's the same thing. Um, uh, some people just have different preferences of what they call them, but most, most, mostly it's DMs. So all of us are have run our own games, um, and we have all been players. So um, we talk, you know, what are our opinions on, you know, what makes a good player versus what makes a bad player, you know, and you know, simple things that you would think would be common sense aren't. Um, you know, respect people's boundaries. Don't, you know, don't don't be gross. You know, don't be gross across the table with these role playing because yeah, it's not actually happening. But you can make a lot of people uncomfortable. It's not always sexual. Um. <laughs> Hey, consent, consent. That's <laughs> if, so it's, how, if it's consensual, it's great. <laughs> so how does how do people find it? How oh, do people find you, uh, Julia? You can find us at dragonsandflagonspod.com. All of our episodes are on there. We're also doing a let's play or actual play is what it's called, where we record our um, D- Games? Uh, Dungeons and Dragons sessions, our game, um, and you can hear it fully through. Um, that's called the New Normal Podcast. Um, and right now we're in a campaign called the Seas of Rocco. We're a bunch of pirates. I play a um, moody barbarian half dwarf that is always needing a sandwich. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so and it's, been, it's been really fun. Flagons, F L A G O N S. Yes. Okay. And, Just so and people know. Odd at the end. And then you can find me on Twitter, I guess, at ShareHair22. Right now, my uh, username is here for hot takes and pancakes. <laughs> um, and TikTok, you're uh, ShareHair you as well, t- right? Yes, on, and TikTok, I'm the same. And all three, um, <laughs> those are all kind of three different sides of me. So TikTok, you're going to see a lot of random ADD weirdness. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, Twitter is a lot of uh, Dungeons and Dragons stuff. I'm really political on Twitter. Um, Dragons and Flagons, I talk mostly D&D and cause a lot of chaos in my little podcast. So, <laughs> well, honestly, all little parts of me everywhere. Yeah, like, and it, and hopefully it'll create a semi-complete picture, um, especially because yeah, anyone who's yeah. getting the information from here will have also heard your story. So oh, yeah. I will be That's including cool. links Uh-oh. in the bottom. So before I say goodbye, is there anything you'd like to add? Um, anyone, I, I, you could shout out someone. I don't know. I don't, I don't really, I'd <laughs> like to give people uh, probably the thing I would add, if I could tell someone who's kind of thinking about leaving their circle, it is definitely worth it. Even if it's just to check, like, even if you, you know, te- take your, you know, dip your toe outside of the normal kind of comfort circles that you're in just to see, 
Um, Mm -hmm. Because if you can, if you you go right back, fine. That's, that's where you, that's where you landed. But if you never check, you won't actually know. And you'll always end up wondering. And for me, it changed my life. And it made me be around healthy people with healthy boundaries and people who actually love me and respect me and think of me as an equal, not as a opportunity. Mm -hmm. Even though it was scary and it hurt a lot and it hurt to check my beliefs and it hurt to change who I was, but I am so much happier and content with the people I'm surrounded with and and the the boundaries that I have made for myself, not someone else made them for me. Um, It's, it's worth it just to check. And that Mm -hmm. would be my advice. Um, And I think that it's worth uh, highlighting that, Clay and Julia used a very unique way to get themselves to do that by, you know, kind of manipulating themselves within the parameters they were comfortable with to convince themselves yeah. to 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 move out of that comfort zone just to see what's up. So I and think that's honestly, worth noting we too. Our beliefs on every single one, <laughs> but <laughs> and it, it was it was nice for us to be able to do that in the process, and we were able to do it thoroughly and not have doubts on whether we made the right decision, whether we changed it or not. Well, thank you so, so much, Julia, for your time. It's been fantastic. I've enjoyed myself so much. Oh, I enjoyed myself too. (laughs) And to my audience, I love you. Bye.